Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Politibabble podcast, where we're back after a very, very long break. It's good to be back in the studio, as usual. I'm Archibald Edit, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Oliver Sykes. So yes, it has indeed been a very long time since we've been back here in the studio. I've been offered a monastery and Oliver as well had exams. Yes, seems to be um, an occurring story every time we come to do a, a podcast that it's a little bit, um, it's been a while, like every, every time we, we go to do one, it's, it's been a, a, a long period of time since the last one. So um, mainly because of exams and other such things. Um, and I suppose we've just been We've just been busy, and I suppose um, a lot has gone on in our, you know, in the political uh, systems. Um, but um, or oh, has a lot gone on? I think that's uh, well, tr- we, we well, true. Sure has much changed? No, I think can take two months out of the political system and come back, and it's. I think it's not not that that much changed. Things have altered, perhaps. Yeah, but yes, um, indeed. but nothing. Yeah, nothing's really sort of uh, been reformed. We will say that if it needs reform, but I'm people, sure we should. I mean, the main, be in time. The, yes. ma- the main thing is that people have stepped back, really, or stood mm. down. Um, but yes, I think it's actually quite useful to not always um, do. You know, is to take a, l- a little break every now and then because it sort of gives us a better chance to reflect. And um, I suppose for one sort of uh, sort of well-being in a way constantly looking at the at what is going on in the political system when it is you know at times sort of um not the most positive uh we could say that couldn't we you know i think i think the isle of man government although one could argue it does take much time back from things and never gets anything done i think would benefit from this approach in one aspect of retrospective reflection that is the ferry terminal. They've now announced, uh, as of today, I think, or was it yesterday or something like that, uh, that they're going to put ten more million pounds into the capital expenditure fund to fund this ferry terminal. It's already racked up a bill, thirty-five million pounds over budget. Um, perhaps they, I think, need to take some time back to sit, reflect, and think: was that a wise choice? Well, I think it's a bit too late, isn't it? Uh, I think they have to. They ha- They need this extra £10 million to be able to, to complete the project because I imagine it wouldn't get signed off but and see, it won't actually go in, into use. One could argue uh, with, on, against that aspect on the fact that when they spent £35 million, they said we need another £35 million to have the project done. And while we were just continuing to throw good money after bad, there was a funny uh, skit in uh, the Big Bang Theory. If you watched the Big Bang Theory, Oliver, if not, I should spoil it. And any listeners who haven't watched it, I should also spoil it. But uh, Mr. Sheldon Cooper uh, was, was on there talking to President Hagelmeyer of the University of Caltech in California. And he was saying, oh, yes, my project to do a silly scientific project cost many, many billions. It only cost you 10 million. And President Hagelmeyer says, you can do all of that for 10 million? He said... No, I wouldn't do it for 10 million. Once you spent 10 million, you're more likely to spend 20 million. But once you spent, he said, oh, so it only cost 20 million then. And it racked up to about four, many billion or so dollars. 
namely because after you spend a little bit of money, you're more inclined to spend more to see results because you can't go back to your public looking silly after spending 35 million. Yes, well, um, very, uh, very, very true that we're going to, that this will be a, a lesson to learn from, but in so many areas that we we discover that. But I suppose it's it's difficult uh, for me to comment because, I, you know, I don't make the decisions. Uh, that's down to the the politicians um, you think you would make better decisions Oliver I don't I don't know because I don't know it, it's an awful lot of responsibility isn't it to be uh, managing a department um, but you know maybe maybe I could I don't know could you uh... yes <laughs> well it's only it's only the fact I'm, I'm not I'm not quite sure it, it's but it's not just I think there are a lot of politicians now raising questions who say are we? Is this really value for money? What we're paying out, mm. um, especially if you look at the building, it's a less prime spot than the current place. And a ferry terminal is just that. It's to wait in for a few, an hour or so, perhaps at the most, before you go onto a boat. It's not supposed to be sort of a glorious tourist attraction, somewhere to go and sit for the afternoon and enjoy. No, but um, obviously with, with delays and and weather and all, all the factors and. Places such as events such as the TT, where you've got high volumes of people, people coming from all over the place, and, and often people get to the boat quite a bit in advance. Mm. Uh, and if you've travelled from across the country, you want to be there in plenty of time, so you'd rather have a facility to go to. Um, but I understand, and I think it's not necessarily the, the building itself, but I think it's the the area that they chose. Um, and I don't know. I don't know because I don't know the ins and outs mm. of, of it all. And, uh, and you know, um, Are you saying there's, all of there's been no inquiry, but perhaps it's like the sur- the surveys because it's, I think a lot of it was to do, well, one was to do with, I think, uh, I could be wrong on this, but I think it was to do with sort of um, inflation and then sort of getting the, the skilled workers in to, to be able to do all like the, the groundworks and i suppose you are working with you know the sea aren't you in trying to you know um con- you know weather conditions can prevent you being able to undertake certain um aspects but we must talk about the fantastic boat that we now have in douglas harbour costing less than the liverpool sea ferry terminal will do and probably will be uh, worth it in some ways. Yes, I'm, is the so, I'm more inclined to say that. Yes, I'm more inclined to say that the Manxman is indeed worth it. Uh, uh, well, I think a lot of people now are, even though the Manxman probably ran a, a little bit late in getting here, and probably mm. I don't know whether it actually has cost. I don't think it did cost us any more because of the the no, delay. No, I think no. the people who were manufacturing it um, mm. said, "No, we'll cover the costs for that." Uh, although the only the only thing. Um, in terms of costs that we might complain about is perhaps the uh, luxurious unveiling that happened the other week and uh, the, the cost to the taxpayer of that. Well, um, I think it was actually a cost of the... Well, one could argue it's a cost of the taxpayer by virtue of being the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company Limited, mm. which is 
a treasury-owned company. But people, pe- sorry to interject yes. there. Pe- people were complaining about the fireworks. You know, they had a fireworks, but apparently, and and how it should have been drones. We shouldn't have fireworks anymore. We should how have drones. Awfully dumb. But then someone said because I think the main thing is because well, it's it's coming out of my pocket if it, if it was funded. But then I think people had said no. Actually, it was the company that built the ship said no. We'll provide the fireworks for of the course, yeah. for the. I mean. I personally but believe... But I, I could be wrong on that matter. I I'll personally just like believe to clarify the, the Maxman is too large. It's a very grand ship from the images we've seen. There's no public tour yet. Another, a matter for another time. But I do think it's worth the money we paid for it, or rather the, the company paid for it. Uh, but I don't. I question whether we needed something quite of its colossal size, uh, considering it is providing a, a ferry service. Yes, uh, well, it's also... It's, it's a lifeline, as, as many people say. You know, <laughs> Archie... Uh, laughing there no it's important it is, yes, because with important. the state of our the Isle of Man airport oh, at yes. the moment um it's good that we can have and especially if we want to bring people across families with um camper vans people coming on electric bikes bicycles people coming over with kayaks yes, all sorts, we, you know what i mean the boat, for, the boat for, is certainly the the more pleasant option yeah yes for and, and just to get people over here if, if we want people to have um people from the uk to holiday on the isle of man then we need we need a boat and we need a boat with lots of cabins and all this it's got double the amount of cabins hasn't it it's got better facilities for people who want to bring pets and animals over it does feel more like a, um, a, a, a cruise I, I, ship I, yes I, i'm quite a fan of the old old ship designs where they were sort of more wood paneling and such but i must say it's certainly i was on a ferry over to the isle of wight from southampton was it, well, no, Portsmouth actually, uh, and that felt like a moving tower block, moving, uh, moving in sort of an early two thousands German hotel tower block to be exact from the interior design. So I think it might actually create rather pleasant crossing. Uh, I think I shall uh, next time I'm on it, I shall certainly report back and see if it is indeed worth. And, uh, the well, from the images yes. I've seen, it, it does look does look really good. But then you you think about it and you think. Well, what when the Ben McCree came into service, when the Manannan came into service, mm. did did that look really modern to to the to you know what I mean? Because in in looking back now, obviously I was you know not mm. not even um, yes. not even alive, so um, it it would be mm. interesting to know if everyone thought, wow, the new boat and wow, the interior, but this one ever on it because it's so far advanced compared to yes, everything is, we've seen it? before, and it's it's a hybrid, isn't it? I think the ship, yes, um, it produces or the a, vessel as one. Well, the engines are electric, but they use a gen- they generate the power for them through right. diesel. I think um, yes, uh, but I, I I do want to so ask it you should th- be also very reliable then. Yes, it should be yes. Um, but I did want to ask you a question on this matter, as you proclaim the, the greatness of the Manxman. Uh, also, what well, we must—it's uh, she's a wonderful ship called the Manxman. It's sort of a, there's a contradiction in terms, almost. Uh, there. But it, yeah. that wasn't the question at hand. Oh, right. The question—it's well, perhaps I should ask you a question that a question later on. But I wanted to ask: Do you not think that shows a private or rather arm's length company does a better job than government if it avoids bureaucracy? Because it seems they've gone—they've got a ship. It's relatively on time, bar a problem which is entirely unforeseen, i.e. sea trials. It has to be safe, the boat. It's gone and pretty the, well. It's gone out of tender. And it's, it's only been sort of, I think, three three, three years in the making, two years. And it's, it's been it, very, it's, very quickly done. Yeah, and um, they, were, they, were, they always provided updates. They exactly. had a blog. Would you not say yeah. it's, it's done 
better than the government uh, it, most government projects have done. Well, that's because it's a business. It needs to make money. But it's government-owned. So, yes, but it's... Uh, yeah. Well, if governments... Well, that's the thing. Uh, government offering things to um, at, at arm's length, um, do they do a better job? Well, you've got to look at Manx Care. Do you believe Manx... You know, that Manx Care's <laughs> run at arm's length? Do you believe uh, Manx Care's doing, you know, a, a good job? I don't have... Overly much interaction with our healthcare system, so I, I could right. I, probably not to the, the. Well, I'm just giving a comparison, comment, but I, but to I do you. think yes. Perhaps we should have a. Uh, perhaps if a private medical company was set up, it showed it was doing a good job, and then it was acquired by the government. Perhaps that is in the same vein as the Isle of Man steam carpet company company. Sorry, who was set up as a private enterprise and then acquired by the government, so it still retains all of its sort of functions and offices. But then and people are quick to blame. You say they do a better job, etc, etc, but people are quick to blame when it gets cancelled and all sorts of... I mean, it's been very reliable at the moment, um, but it, it, you know, in bad weather. You can't prevent bad weather, can you? It's a bit like the airport. Yes, you can't foresee... You Although, know, the, the, I think the, the airport issues it faces at the moment are rather a lack of air traffic controllers rather than the weather but the funny thing was was is actually a few months ago it was all about the runway and not having the right runway installed but we weren't being told that it was actually air traffic you, you know it, it was all about the runway wasn't it that was what mm. was causing delays yeah then after that it was all about as soon as that de- as soon as they got the um electronic system in for the runway then it was all about air you know the delays subsequent to that i think were about not having you know the right amount of air traffic controllers Anyway, I don't really know why we're getting on. To, why I've gone on to the airport here? What What was I saying? Transport links. Oh, and and, and just yeah. weather. weather, weather in general. Weather, you yes. can't, you know, bad weather occurs, and you know, some, it, it is an inconvenience. But it's one of those things. It happens, and for safety reasons, things don't always travel. But it should be better best. now because the Manxman can travel, as they say. Uh, she can travel in much uh, rougher weather. Okay. Oh, can I, she? All right. Well, I could be wrong. So. Yes. But that's why I, that's why I, I remember reading somewhere. Uh, so either it says it cannot travel or it can. I think it, I think it can, though. Well, it's, it's a more sizable ship. Yes, and probably because it's probably, I don't know, the could be to do with weight distribution. Yes, yes. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not... Not an expert in that area, but perhaps we should turn to a bit of UK. Oh yes, one more, one more thing though on this. If anyone from the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company is listening, as I'm sure you will, because of course, um, if you do want uh, the police babble to do a uh, tour around your vessel, I think we should be most open to the opportunity to discuss the ins and outs of the wonders of uh, the beautiful ship that is the Manxman. You haven't mentioned uh, AI, Archie. You said you were going to talk about. AI at some point, weren't you? Sorry, I'm, I'm confused. What is AI, Oliver? Artificial intelligence. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm a human. Yes, I'm certainly not AI. This podcast isn't AI generated at all. So I think, you know, um, yes, yes, we're, we're human here. Ah, right. <laughs> I, I was only adjusting there. We are not yes. AI, but we could be AI. For all you know, there's some wonders, well, all, all silly stuff coming out now of AI generated voices, which sound remarkably like. Um, Remarkably like the actual human um, has been creating sort of scam adverts and such. Um, yes, yeah, so do, do see AI as a sort of a, a dangerous entity, although, that uh, must be stopped. Right. Um, I think it's one of those things. Technology is something um, that is that is rather fast, fastly moving, and I suppose um, 
we're a bit you know we're a bit slow on on what we can actually um sort of regulate and prevent from from occurring um but yes do, do i think ai is a bad thing yes um, that's what it is. i don't know i think it might be helpful in some areas um i i don't know a awful lot about about its you know entire i think it's one of those things we don't there's some things we probably don't know what ai is capable of at this stage mm, yes well, i i do question to call it whether we can call it artificial intelligence or not i i find the word sort of a contradiction in terms to some extent because can we artificially create intelligence at the moment i don't think the models which we call artificial intelligence are actually artificial intelligence they're merely i think mathematical models which are incredibly complex mm. and they don't i think think like a human would think and we'd class someone something as being intelligent um it does i think require it does things faster than we could ever think it, it, of course but i'm not sure it makes it intelligent um i drew further to that i think it's not so good to be reliant on technology because Let's say, for example, if we most of our industries we rely on AI to do our jobs for us, which we don't want to do, and we put robotics in things, and all of a sudden uh, our electricity grid goes down. Well, we're a bit stumped then, really, because we don't have the resources to actually do things through proper manpower. Mm. Um, and I decry a lot of this uh, move to AI. I much prefer, for example, help desks. They love having an AI chatbot now, don't they? And I much prefer picking up a phone and speaking to a person or emailing a person. And I get far too fed up of all of these places now sending you to endless lists of uh, frequently asked questions and help desks like Zendesk and such. Well, I just want to speak to a person, ask a very simple issue, and they can even put it in a computer. But now, too often, you pick up the phone, you speak to a person on the help desk, and they're actually constrained by a computer model. So you ask them... Oh, hello, could I please um, move this to a different address? Oh, sorry, sir, it's already gone on our system. The computer is much like the Little Britain sketch. Wonderful TV programme. Computer... Uh, computer says no. It's effectively the society we've moved into, where we don't have proper human interaction. It's very much um, the computers are doing it all for us, and the computers, I find, are frightfully annoying at, at times they don't do what you want it to do um i even recall the same going to a shop and asking um oh could i get this changed and someone's like oh no sorry i don't know how to do that the computer won't let me and then an elderly uh, sort of shop worker who had been there for so long uses oh say oh it doesn't matter we can just do this 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 and solve the problem using sort of our own human lateral thinking and I think that's that's the kind of thinking we need, really. Not limited to a computer program or a flowchart. It's so awfully uh, dreary and dull. Yeah. Well, um... Bureaucracy on steroids, I think AI is. <laughs> Bureaucracy on steroids. <laughs> you like tradition and and the the traditional way of doing things, don't you, Archie? You know. Well, I think it's a better way of doing things. It's more... It's actually, ironically, more free. Because mm. there isn't a large bureaucracy that you have to tick 50,000 boxes, fill out 50,000 health and safety forms just to go and go for a walk with a school group. 
There's a perfect example at school where they had to... It just got so hard to organise trips because oh. they had to fill out so many forms and have so and many risk responsible teachers to so many children. It just got it got mad. It was it's just sort of... why the well, It isn't a particularly dangerous place, the Isle of Man, either. Yeah, I think I remember... I think the old, yeah. I remember in primary school, there used to be at times quite a lot of school trips. And mm. then other times, probably when I got a bit older, they tend to happen a little bit less. But then you do things like um, you go away on a, for, for a few days rather than, you know, yes, a couple yes. of afternoons here and there going on school trips. But yes, that's another thing is, is school trips. But surely being, you know, in a classroom with, with, you know, a single teacher with 30 children. How does that, you know, that doesn't... But, but, surely soon, that but needs... soon it won't be a classroom with one teacher with the revolution of AI going the way it is. It oh, shall it'll be, be a robot. It shall be 30 tablets with uh, AI on teaching the child. Um, which I think would be a terrible shame. Although I, I have experimented myself, I do admit, with chat GPT. Uh, and I must say, I'm quite insulted by it by today's excursion. I asked, who hosts the Bits of Babble podcast? And remember, we were created in about, um, Oliver wasn't here then, in, in 2020. And Oliver joined in April uh, 2021, I think it was. Uh, Must have been. A bit, bit after or April. May, June. May, June. I think anyway, you asked me in about maybe May time. ChatGPT answered me today when I asked the question, who hosts the podcast Bits of Babble? It says... As of my knowledge cut off in September 2021, we already existed for a good year and a bit. Mm. There is no specific podcast called Politbabble that is widely recognised. I find it a great insult and obviously I think this shows why AI cannot be trusted. Because we are indeed a specific podcast and we are widely recognised. So We're on all the major streaming platforms. Exactly. I mean, it's, 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 and you, dear listener, know that you recognise us. So I think it... Um, just, 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 you know, uh, awful travesty. And can we trust AI? There was wonderful parts in people doing academic papers for their dissertations and they got AI to write it, or rather chat GPT to write it. I'm not sure. I, I think they, they deserved being uh, sort of disqualified or getting a third for that, um, mainly because it uses no ingenuity, because it makes up references for academic papers. It could create me an academic article and the references sound extraordinarily plausible. And this is why I say it's not intelligent yet. Yes. They sound extraordinarily plausible. And the point is they're just that. They're plausible, but they don't exist. Mm. Because it's predictive text. It knows what's most likely to be the next word that would sound good. But not, not what it, well, not what it is. I mean, technology is, 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 is ever-evolving, isn't it? And I suppose yes. that's the thing. You're criticising it there, but... Um, you know, it's one of those things. It still probably needs development, and it can't do everything. And that's the downside to it. It can't do everything you, you wanted to do, even though you think it, it should be capable of it. Well, um, I don't think it should be capable of it. I think we shouldn't allow it to do those things. Well, but that's go. my my own belief. We should have stopped uh, the motor car. I think and <laughs> gone no further. What yes. about the horse, horse and carriage? I think we should. Uh... The motor car's easier. <laughs> yes, I, I, I don't don't mind the motor car. Yes. Well, I think we should sort of. Um, now hop on to UK politics. Unless there's anything... Oh, stay on Manx politics. Let's go back to Manx politics and let's talk about the... Uh, Oliver is obviously uh, imitating here Mr. Flip-flop Keir Starmer. Uh, <laughs> Flip-flopping from position to position. But yes, yes, Captain Hindsight. Well, what are we... 
De- it's democracy. It's democracy. Is, uh, is I think uh, was that, is that what Keir said when he got challenged on that uh, matter about changing uh, opinion? Uh, perhaps, perhaps. But, I think uh, I can't remember. There isn't democracy on the Peter Babble podcast. You forget that fact, Oliver. I think it's cited in uh, quite clearly in uh, section one of the contract. Oh dear! Uh, don't, don't bring up those things, Oliver. <laughs> we shan't be having a case here in employment law, certainly not. But yes, do do continue. What were we addressing? So you're talking about um, how I think it was last month's sitting, or the sitting before that, of Timwald, the Alamance Parliament, um, trying to remove the bishop, which got voted. Uh, was it sixteen? No. In the keys, it was sixteen four eight against. I could be wrong on that. Um, uh, there we are. But it, I, and, and will... it got defeated in the legislative council. Eight MHKs voted for the motion to remove. Sixteen voted against. Ah, that's it. And the legislative council legco voted unanimously against removing the bishop. So, so. Yes, the the bishop will stay Which in I Timwald. Is, is excellent. Um, yes. I think the the current bishop is um, set to retire in October, so that that's why that was the main motive behind um, Joni Farragher's uh, motion. But uh, as Joni sort of said, in hindsight, maybe if I brought it to the keys first, it actually would have. Um, did Did you say sixteen four in the, the keys? Sixteen voted against. The bishop being removed. Right. Um, oh. Yes. I thought it was the other way around, but that yes, that's... That she said be. it was a lost opportunity. Um, but she said a vote on an amendment beforehand shows that the House of Keys were in favour of removing the church's that, vote. Yes, there but we I go. Oh, that was dre- it, the vote. I, I still think it would be a dreadful shame. The, the Legislative Council, I think, has become, by it being elected by the Keys, I, I'm not sure it does its proper function. Uh, I, I quite like these legislative council members at the moment. I think they do do their function, but I'm not sure it does their function properly. Uh, you, you, yes. Yes. So, so that was what the area I was talking about earlier yes, was, yes. The, was the removing the vote. The vote. The it's vote. Not the bishop. Yeah. Yes. So um, it, it w- the the motion was about removing the yes. bishop though, but they did an amend was it an amendment on yes, removing yes. the vote, and that passed in the keys, and that sort of showed well if we'd brought it to the keys in the first place, then we could have had a bit more progress. But it just goes to show well the keys voted. And the, and this is how the uh, in the arms political system the 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 keys which are the publicly elected members yes. voted for the the bishop to have his vote removed, but because the legislative council unanimously voted against, then it stays. But and the and obviously the legislative council is not publicly elected. That was only because the amendment failed. Sta- uh, the, the amendment failed overall. Yes, if the vote uh, passed in the keys. And failed in Legco, it could be brought back to uh, Timwood in the next sitting right. to have a combined vote. Right. Because they have to pass the keys in Legco. So in a combined both. vote that would mean just a, but is that still just would, a it simple would, majority, yes, is it? Yeah. Yes, of the whole chamber. But I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure it would pass. But of course, I think the keys would be would would be happy removing the bishop's vote to some extent because it gives them more power. It's another person mm. who can't vote against them because they're not replacing the bishop with another elected figure. They're keeping him in without a vote. Um, I, I think, personally, I would think, why bother having him in if he doesn't have a vote? And I think we should have the bishop in. I should be interested to see if the next bishop of Sodor and Man shall be quite as good as this, this, this current bishop. I should be interested to that. Um, but I think it's good to preserve tradition. I still think 
We should have kept the Attorney General with the vote on the matters and the Deemsters too and the Paymaster General and all of those positions that were originally the Legislative Council well, and chaired by the Lieutenant Governor I thought were quite good. The the Executive but Council yes, back yes. in the 1970s. Yes, yes when, prior to the yeah. new developments and so on. Yeah, or, um, yeah. I think there was a nice assistant to it, especially because we're a small island. We're not... Uh, well, I think I think it came, it came to an end in the 1970s, it did, yes, didn't it? Yes, yes yeah. Um, yes, I think they're having a current review into the role of the Attorney General, aren't they? I think the the uh, perhaps, yes. I could I could be wrong on that matter as well. But yeah. I'd just like to say, I often will say, oh, I like you know, I could be wrong on that matter because I don't want to say that this, this is, my word is gospel. Um, it's far too diplomatic on the matter. Yes. yes. Well, yes. I, I don't want to misinform our listeners. Uh, that that wouldn't be um, not not fair. Well, I think that leads us very nicely onto a topic that got covered not so in the far distant past, which we haven't touched, but I'm sure you're, well, you're not fed up on because we bring a new perspective here on Politibabble. Is Mr. Boris Johnson the COVID inquiry? Did he lie or did he not lie? Former Prime Minister and well, former MP. Uh, yes, yes. Boris Johnson, as he as his, uh, there's going to be a by-election. Next week, uh, in fact, uh, three. I think. Yes. From next, next Thursday. Yes. Um, who will seek a replacement for um, his constituency? But um, I think it's quite clear that Mr. Johnson has a reputation for lying. Um, but do you think he lied to the House? Well, intentionally misled is is, is intentionally misled. Do you well, that intentionally misled the House. I, I think so. Yes. Why? Why? Because it's quite clear that there's two different uh, n- narratives and that it was quite clear that there were parties going on and he definitely knew about them um, because he attended them. And but if he thought at the time that no rules were broken... But he and was he said the, ru- to the but, house. But he was no the rule maker. Broken. So that's the thing. He was head of the government, head of policy. He quite clearly knew what was going on surrounding COVID. It's Did not. He? He's, he must remember also. He is the prime minister. There's a lot of delegated functions because government is, I would say, over large. But but, but COVID has to but, delegate. But but COVID was the main priority of the government at the time. So I'm pretty sure he would be well, pretty well informed. Of what was going on, but the gatherings he, were, he was fined at were very, I'd argue, extraordinarily minor infractions. Where it wasn't really, it was, it was very trivial matters. They met, decided to fine him on. And if you're walking through an after-works party to thank people for their service, and you shake a few hands, and they go up to your office to work, I'm not exactly sure how he'd know. And his officials assured him at the time that all rules were followed. They assured him to, but, before but if... his answers that all rules were followed. So I'd say yes. He did, in in one aspect, mislead the House in the fact that there were parties and he said there weren't. But I disagree with the fact he intentionally misled the House. But if you I don't to, think he intentionally did it. If, if no you, MP would. It's silly. If you want to argue that there was no parties and yes. that there were gatherings, etc., etc., they could have done an alternative way of thanking the staff, stand outside in the, um, in the gardens of Number 10 and applaud... Each other. I, I argue to Oliver. I argue to Oliver. These parties that Mr. Johnson attended in those respects were indeed in the garden of Number Ten. Yes, but they. So, but it's quite clear from the. the first they were outside, and they were, to his knowledge, socially distanced. Right. Well, somewhere, you know you... somewhere inside, like board games and Christmas parties, which we have photographic evidence of, 
Uh, and it's quite clear that Mr. Johnson was not social distancing. Did he attend those? He attended one in an office on a Zoom call. That, that is, is this not in in, in 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 spirit of the time? I think we're getting down to the specific. Oh, we're getting down yes. to the to the specifics there. Um, You've been fed the lies by Mrs. Sue Gray. Ah, well, that's uh, another for, matter. For, for legal reasons, that was satirical. There, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I, I I suppose I'm I'm not there for libel if Mr. Sue Gray doesn't think she was lying. But we, Mr. there is the the other questions to ask. Uh, was Sue Gray on a witch hunt after being hunted by the Labour Party? Is that where she was looking to go? These are questions I think that need to be asked. Well, that's true as well. As she becomes the head chief of staff in mm. the the Labour Party, um, she clearly is um, a very well sought after public official. Um, yes. And I clearly has good um, qualities in some aspects. Uh, but it has that been shown by good... the Cabinet Office report that Mrs. Gray, or Miss Gray, did, did, did indeed um, have conversations with Labour whilst she was still well, I'm sure a member that's, of the civil service, I'm, which is against civil service code. I, I'm sure that's going to be a firing point for for the Tories at PMQs over the coming months when she joins, when she's allowed to officially mm, join yes. the Labour Party in, I believe, September, uh, after everything's sort of blown up. Because I, I imagine after they've finally got into Johnson's phone and accessed the WhatsApp messages probably by the end of today, after he finally remembers the password that um we wanted to he did want to give them the phone though so oh, I, did he? I, I think johnson is he, he he i don't i don't think he 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 isn't one i really to throw his career willy-nilly by purposely lying to parliament when the lies can be disproved rather easily i i think generally he was it was a bit of a stitch up especially by the um committee if we, if we watched i watched the hearings at the time uh the committee very much um seemed to be on a wall pass that he did intentionally mislead. They made up their lines be- minds before they'd even started. Oh, are you going to be? Are you going to be um, talking about a kangaroo court now? Are you on the Johnson? You're on the Johnson side of all this. It is, would it, I do think clear. it was a kangaroo court. If even if it was Mr. Starmer being put through the same process over Beergate and he said he well, no rules are broken, I would still think it's kangaroo court if it was done. Yeah, in the but same you manner. know that you know that Johnson did wrong. You can you can say you know you must be of that opinion that Johnson did wrong surrounding the coat. Well, I think COVID. it's an honourable intention to want politics to be entirely squeaky clean, but it's not achievable because we are all human and we complain all the time that our politicians are far too inhuman, that they're far too slimy, smiley, uh, sort of smarmy figures. But we wonder why, because they're held to such a high public rigour standard, they can't do one step wrong. But 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 if, isn't that sort of uh, slightly but concerning? It, but shouldn't they, you know, um, shouldn't they take on board the seven? Uh, is it the seven uh, Nolan principles? They should fulfil them. Isn't that what every um, you know politician or um, public official should should fulfil? Isn't that the ambition that you stay true to those principles? I and, personally, and you're think... now you're now basically saying, oh well, it should be accepted because it's normal, or we, you know, well, we're that, human. or we should normalise it. I didn't say we should normalise. I think a, a leader, a country's leader, must first and foremost work for the betterment of the country, and that is the single principle I think that should be achieved. But, but on occasion, if they can't possibly do that because they feel that they are above above the law... Well, or if above... they're not then working for the betterment of the country, they should be got rid of. Well, there you go yes. then, so... But, uh, but I don't believe... I don't. I believe Boris Johnson did in his heart want to work for the betterment of the country. I, I, I don't think that's really a, a matter of, of question. 
But either way, we do. We, we must, I suppose, uh, leave this uh, uh, thorny topic away. Yes, as we have. Side. Yes, as, yes. Well, I'm sure after the WhatsApp messages are. Um, of you know, I'm sure, and by the time I perhaps might eat my hat. Yes, you might. I mean, I, I, I we don't necessarily exactly know what what went on as we. You we know, can't read Mr. Johnson's brain. Yeah. I think we must remember. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. We we will find out more as as uh, you know we're in July 2023. I'm sure after the WhatsApp messages and whatever else is found out about what Johnson has said, because um, they they will actually have include a lot more information. Yes. Um, but anyway. Oh, um, yes, we, we're seeing, I think, the collapse of the SNP in Scotland over some time. I'm not sure they'll be faring particularly well at the next election after well, membership their, is their down. financial scandals. Yes, a- and obviously on. the membership, yes. ha- I think, before we find out about sort of... Um, Yusuf, yes. Yeah, uh, well, um, was, it, was, it, um, was it Nicola Sturgeon who announced that the... The membership had gone down, or was that Mr. Yousaf? I think it might have been Nicholas Sturgeon's husband, who was the chairman of the party at the time. Right. It's Peter, very complicated. Peter Morrill. Yes, um, yes. The, I think in other news, yeah. Mrs. Sturgeon's learning how to drive, too. She passed her theory test. Yes, she passed her theory test. And then she got arrested the next day, I think. Uh, <laughs> Not charged, we must say that. Yeah. No, she just Released got arrested. without charge, yes. Yes, yes. yes that was very... Um, very uh, sort of... Um, uh, the the news was they were quick to jump onto that weren't they they're quick to jump on whatever they want at the moment aren't they with you know um criticizing the s well not criticizing but exposing the smp or there loves um, to be political scandal at the moment yes, I, feel. I, I, yeah. think, I think we're getting bought, people thinking if there's not a political scandal is politics happening yes um, but then, unfortunately, it gives rise to the sort of the rise of managerial politics, which we see the likes of Mr. Sunak and Mr. Starmer uh, being quite, I, I suppose I describe them as a, in character references, as sort of pallid figures, really. And, and this sort of comes on what you wanted to discuss, didn't you? They don't, they don't you? excite me. They don't make me think, yes, they're doing There's something. not an awful lot of, I don't know, yes. They, they don't quite have the the charisma and the and the passion and the and the drive you know what i mean yes i um, i personally feel it's quite like all bank managers gone in to politics and has decided to run the country and it's playing it very very safe at the moment and then we have we have even the deputy prime minister my gosh i watched prime minister questions the other week where he was standing in for mr sunak which this, seems this, to be this, a regular this, 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 this is um, mr, mr. Th- oliver dowden and he just gives the most pre-prepared jokes mm, oh, which they're... are not funny at all and he works them into the answer when they don't they're not relevant and i think gosh is this what our politics has become from the days where we had great performances at pmqs even from mr tony blair who i don't like in so many ways or mr cameron or mr haig um or even mr thatcher we had proper i suppose politicians who were very much charismatic with the answer with the information didn't just go and read from a script well yes now it, it does seem sort of that they always say it's it's theatrical pmqs yes it seems theatrical now because it seems as though they're that it's all <laughs> they seems like they're in a bad pantomime yes when the pantomime has gone wrong the actors have forgotten their words and it... they're trying to make funny jokes when they when they're not funny pmqs is hmm. still is still theatrical because it's so scripted yes it's just... uh, i think when pmqs is off the cuff mm. uh, that's when it's at its best because 
well, it, then then people would say it's super um, that's how it over dramatic. That's how it should be because and that's what interests know, the should public. Know their brief. They should yeah. know their brief, so they're sitting there. They know their brief. They can answer the question, and they should answer the question. And that shows that you've got a leader who is well informed, uh, who has, who stands by what they're saying. Because if you're reading from a script, then you're either unsure of what's going on, or you know you're not exactly. Um... And they don't answer the question either. That's the part that gets me. It, it, I, I was watching videos. I, I can criticise the Conservative Party. They don't answer the question, Mr. Sunak. Doesn't answer the question, Mr. Dowden. Doesn't really answer the question. But what I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not a big fan of. Um, Often, and that's the one thing with PMQs, is when the, the opposition or whoever's giving a question give more a scenario, like they, they, they give a statement rather than, than a question. Well, they give uh, a question and then a long statement yeah, following. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it reminds me very, very much of some clips I've seen, or rather sittings I've seen of the Canadian Parliament, where they have something called uh, the Committee of the, ha- of the Full, or the House, or the Whole, sorry, um, where the whole House sits, the whole Parliament, Low house sits together, and the ministers usually on on questioning, and the leader of the opposition gets unlimited time for these questions, for his questions, and he can literally ask a question. If the minister doesn't answer, he can cut them off and ask the question again. And there's one question being asked recently, which was uh, the conservative leader of the opposition was asking the liberal member, minister, can you tell us? How many? How? What is the average cost of a home in Ottawa for Canadian citizens? Anyway, says, uh, since twenty twenty, we've increased jobs by fifty three percent. You can see he was being so he's so knowing that he wasn't mm. answering the question because he didn't want to answer it, and that's just the direction I see us heading now, where we we just we don't even answer the questions. And it's like and it's dreadful. It, it's like um, Home Secretary. Um... Suella Braverman. Suella Braverman uh, not turning up to uh, give statements or uh, ask, answer house, yes. urgent questions. Yes. And also the mm. Conservative Party not giving statements, not um, announcing certain policies mm. in Parliament, but yes. doing it to the press. And, you know, um, Sir Lindsay Hoyle, um, Speaker of the House, you know, saying that this is totally unacceptable. Yes. And no, I, it's I, quite, true. I, I quite agree. I think the Conservative Party, I've always thought, and I'm still a Conservative, I still think the party does have it in it, in itself, is supposed to be there to uphold these things, to show we are good, well-principled and sort of uh, virtue, virtued people. Mm. Not virtue signal, but virtued people. And we, we, we have our principles. But it seems now we, we've descended into a politics where we're choosing between two very similar parties, even with the Labour Party adjusting its economics to be more conservative because mm-hmm. they know that's where uh, economics should lie. It seems we're, we're choosing between two awful situations. Yeah. One party is at least less woke than the other. Um, I do use woke there in the pejorative term, but I do fear if we get Labour in, we will not just have bad economic policy, but bad social policy and bad cultural policy. Um, I think we've been very dangerous waters, and more dangerous waters than we are currently with this government. But at least, at least with Labour, we'll have um, you know well-funded public services. But will we? Uh, because how are they? Say well, how are they going to fund? How will they fund them? Yeah. And it's That's already been the said they they're funding. Pledges don't match up. And, well, well, that's yeah. the thing. I, 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 I agree with much of uh, of Labour's sort of policies in a way, and some of their ideas. Um, but like you say, when it comes to to funding them, 
um they you know they're not always you know it's like how how will you fund the nhs you know to give it a greater amount of money well we'll scrap the non-dom tax status and that's it but it, but it, I, I think that and again then, won't make the same amount of money they think, think it will because make. then you as you yes. say all the people nom-doms will move flee. to another country we'll, where we'll, they can we'll, nom-dom along yeah we'll, we'll go yes. off to an, go to another yes. country um, which you know so that's that's one area and how are Labour going to drive uh, uh, growth to the highest levels or whatever you know they they they, they like they 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 too actually like the conservative party like slogans um you know and like mm. to um like yeah like the slogans i mean conservatives are the conservative party is known for its three word uh, slogans um yes in some aspects yes <laughs> um but i i, pr- I preferred the days of mrs thatcher with her uh, rhetoric really I don't agree. I, don't, I must say, I don't agree with all her economic policies to some extent. Uh, but I think Mrs. Thatcher was at least an upstanding politician uh, who had values to some extent. I think it's the last. But but yeah. she didn't get everything right, did she? You know, um, <laughs> you look at me like she did, but uh, you, you believe she did get everything right. That well, I, I I I think we would be in a better place if we had a leader like Mrs. Thatcher. <laughs> okay. Yes. Excellent. Well, uh, are there any more topics that we've got left on our list to discuss? Well, it seems, yes, the, 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 the Labour Party has gone uh, very, very uh, censorship-in-chief with its members recently, with Jeremy Corbyn being barred to stand as a Labour parliamentary member in the next election. I find that rather shocking. Um, that was quite old. Did you not know about Well, I think he's now or... been barred to stand. I think that, right, that was yeah. very recent, was it? Uh, uh, I feel like it was a while back now, but... Uh, oh, that's interesting. Buckingham Palace is re- reopened to public. Oh yes, no, it was in late. Yes, no, it was in late March. That was why. Right. Uh, we'd, we'd covered it. It's it's a, it is it. a while, isn't yes, it? Yes, uh, April, yes. May, June, July. That's it's coming up to five, four, five, four, five four, months. Yeah, yeah which got, feels yeah. like you d- you never think that March to July is that yeah, long, but exactly. it is. Yes. But anyway, yes, he was banned, blocked from standing by the Labour National Executive from standing as a Labour MP. I think it's quite quite ridiculous. Starmer's done that. Um, considering Starmer supported him through most of his uh, well, oh, that was the thing. Well. Yes. Were we not talking about? Um, I feel like some of the stuff it was ongoing whilst the podcast. Yes, it was ongoing, yeah, so yes. it was um, sort of a, a video of him in the in the lobby, uh, mm. House of Commons, and going. It, it, I think it was like a Sky News interview. Um, would you call? Would you call Mr. Corbyn a friend or whatever? Yes, Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very in yes well i suppose corbin uh oh, sorry um starmer is trying to center the the labor party as much as he can isn't he um, yes which is a shame i think what do the they labor... say he's just yes. a tory in a, with a red tie or whatever <laughs> I, I must say i i well i i don't quite agree with that purely on his social policy yes, and yeah, he is, of course. He is, he's much yeah. he's much more sort of a social justice warrior than a conservative should be really um so yes, I'm I'm not entirely sure I quite agree with that, but I see the sentiment certainly. Um, yes, I think that that covers most of what, most of what we've got to discuss, uh, and I think we yes, if, unless there's anything else pertinent you want to add. Um, no, not particularly. It's been nice to just have a little 
little chat, chat again chat, on, on yes. current affairs mainly. Um, indeed, indeed. And I'm sure we are. We're coming to the to the end of this 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 uh, style of police battle of sorts with Oliver and I. Both hopefully, well, Oliver hopefully and I will be heading off to university. Um, Later this year. Yeah, I suppose we should have really announced that. We should have announced that at the beginning. But because we know you loyal listeners like to listen to every little last drop of our words, it does not matter where we put it in. But I think we shall plan to have a retrospective episode looking really at what Politibabble is, both in the physical, the metaphysical uh, concepts of what we are, where we have been, and where we've come from, and where we've got to. Before we change over to a format where we perhaps might, we might, if you're lucky, Dear listener, we might indeed put some specials on for you uh, in, in sort of the, the post-future of Babble, where we move, perhaps, as the world moves from the physical universe to the metaverse, from truth to metatruth, from physics to metaphysics, perhaps we'll move to the meta-podcasting of the meta-Pelisbabble. Perhaps, perhaps, all certainly to come in later weeks, I'm sure. Uh, so yes, it's been certainly wonderful to be back here to catch up. And uh, Oliver and I, obviously, yes, been a long time waiting for a new episode of Billy Babble. And I'm sure you, dear listeners, shall also have been waiting, edging on your seats, constantly clicking that refresh button. So I do hope you've enjoyed, uh, yes, a escapade on various foreign affairs, current affairs, ranging from the domestic to the, the national levels. Yes, well, that does conclude this week's episode of Politibabble. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, again, if you want to listen to any of our podcasts, you can go on to uh, any of the major streaming platforms or go to manxradio.com forward slash podcasts forward slash Politibabble. Um, and that will conclude this week's episode. Thank you for joining us. You've been Politibabble.